Hey everyone, this is Chris, and welcome to the introductory episode for the NicheSiteTools.com podcast. And if you're wondering where this episode came from, if you've been following along, I already have 18 episodes out there in iTunes or Stitcher, your favorite podcast app, and I never really had an introductory episode, and I reach out typically if you subscribe via email, you'll get an email from me within a week or two saying welcome to the site. Uh, let me know how you found out about my podcast or site, if there's anything I can help with, and uh, if you have any suggestions, let me know. And I've been getting some great feedback recently um, in regards to that email. And I got a suggestion from Matt, and he said, hey, it would be great if you could go back, kind of give a little bit of your background, and uh, let us all know how you got started with niche sites, what you're working on, and uh, that sort of thing. So I thought that was a great suggestion, and that is why we're here today. So before we get into my background, I wanted to kind of give you some information about the show and where I want to take things. So if uh, you've listened to any of my further episodes, uh, episode 1 through 18, you'll hear my tagline at the beginning, which is welcome to the nichesitetools.com podcast, where we share experiences, tips, and tools to help everyone achieve a greater level of success with their online adventures. So that's absolutely uh, my goal for the site is to share my experiences, but more importantly, to have a community where we can all share information with each other and uh, share tips, tools, and uh, things that we've run into, gotchas, uh, success stories, things like that, because no one person can really know everything. Uh, If you followed along with Pat Flynn, you may believe otherwise, but uh, obviously he's not working in a vacuum either, so he's had help along the way. He's how um, most people that I met online have gotten started, gotten their motivation, myself included. So um, really, it is a community effort. So it it takes a village to build a niche website just like it does to raise a child. So uh, that's why I hope you're here. I hope you're enjoying what I'm putting out. And more importantly, I hope you feel comfortable with reaching out to me. There's a number of different ways. You can always email me, chris at nichesitetools.com. I have a contact page where you can leave me a speak pipe message. It's nichesitetools.com forward slash contact where you can leave that speak pipe message. You can, uh, there's a form there. You can email me. You can always leave comments on any of my blog posts or uh, podcast episodes. I am on Facebook, um, facebook.com slash nichesitetools. I am on Twitter, twitter.com nichesitetools, and I'm also on Google+. And uh, I think that's about it. But um, for the most part, I'm not super active on Google+, Plus, but uh, I am on Twitter. I don't publish an awful lot on there. Mostly I'll be retweeting and uh, checking out what others have to say to kind of bring information to you that's relevant and current and what other people are talking about. But I am definitely on the Facebook page as well. So you can reach me at any of those venues and um, definitely let's keep the conversation going. Let me know what questions or struggles you're having. And if I don't know the answer, which I don't always, and I'll be the first to admit if I don't know the answer, I will do my absolute best to get the answer. So obviously Google is a great resource for just about anything we run into these days. But uh, really what I found is reaching out to others that I follow in the field is usually one of the best methods. So there's a couple of people that motivate me and that I follow on a regular basis, and Pat Flynn is one of them. Uh, Cliff Ravenscraft from the Podcast Answer Man Show, and Mark Mason from LateNightIM.com. 
And uh, those guys, Pat, not so much lately because he's so busy, but initially he was really responsive as far as emails go. You can email him and he would uh, respond with some great information. But unfortunately, he's gotten so big that it's tough. He's had to hire a VA just to stay on top of his email. And he's got so many different sites going on that uh, he has a lot of great resources. Like that's how I got started with creating my podcast. He has a great podcasting resource. And um uh, you guys all know who he is and know what uh, he's all about. He's a great guy, but I found that uh, some of the folks like Cliff Ravenscraft and Mark Mason are much more accessible, and they are very willing to help, and they'll help you. Uh, just yesterday, I had a question on how I would go about inserting this introductory podcast back in my feed because I already have an episode number one, so how do I get this one before that? So he answered my question on his podcast episode right at the beginning and uh, super helpful. Now I know exactly how to insert this. So if you reach out to some of those folks that are more accessible, you may end up uh, featured on their show. They're going to answer your question, whether it's an email, in um, audio format, whatever the case may be. But uh, you really need to have a couple of folks that you follow, you like, n- like know, and trust, and uh, you can reach out to. And hopefully for you, I am one of those folks, and I'm um, definitely very accessible, and will respond to every email, comment, and uh, social media reference. So... I am here for you, and uh, that is of the utmost importance to have those folks that, uh, especially initially, that you can reach out to when you hit a uh, roadblock, because otherwise you may feel alone working from your own office, and if you don't have that uh, support system, you can easily get distracted, you can easily get into a bind where you hit a technical issue or something just isn't working and you can get really frustrated and give up. And uh, that's really the key to being successful in this online uh, adventure stuff, as I refer to it, is really sticking with it and working through issues. I've had a number of issues, which I'll touch on in this introductory episode, and uh It is rather easy to get frustrated and just want to give up at uh, various times. So there's a lot of things that are out of your control. We all know that uh, Google is the biggest search engine. And a lot of times you're subject to the changes that Google puts out at a moment's notice. And whatever method you may be using can... uh, turn at the uh, drop of a hat. So you really need to be nimble and ready to roll with the changes. And a lot of times, again, that can be frustrating, but with a good support system and good community out there, we can work through those and there's always workarounds. You just have to adjust and uh, modify your strategy a bit. But there are ways to get around the big Goliath Google and uh, continue to make success. So Um, that's what we're here for. But anyway, I went off on a little bit of a tangent there, but really that's what this site is about. And that's what the podcast is about is to share those experience is, I'm sorry, share those experiences and, uh, whether they're successes, failures, whatever the case may be, just to have that community to uh, bounce ideas off of each other. The larger the community and the more interaction we have, the more we can pull from others' experiences and uh, learn from others' mistakes so we don't make those same mistakes. So that's really the goal of the site. 
and uh, it's really starting to gain momentum lately in that I'm getting a lot of lot more emails than I was initially as the uh, community and the podcast uh, gets more episodes and more topics. It's uh, really starting to take shape, so that's I'm excited about that. I'm glad to have you all here, and uh, I am grateful for every one of you out there, especially those folks that have taken the time to subscribe to the podcast, subscribe via email. I greatly appreciate you being part of the community. So that's where I want to take things and uh, really have that interaction so that uh, I can help you succeed, we can all succeed, and uh, work through those issues that inevitably we will run into. So that's the goal of the site. As far as the podcast and the schedule goes, I plan to publish a new episode every Monday morning, unless something comes up, of course. So if I'm on vacation or something else gets in the way, there may be a little bit of a lapse there, but the plan is to publish a brand new episode every Monday morning. Typically, I will work on the podcast over the weekend and then publish that podcast and blog post at around 7 a.m. Monday morning Eastern Time. So that's my current schedule, and I try to keep that episode somewhere between 30 and 40 minutes. That seems to kind of be the sweet spot, and I know some have been longer and some have been shorter, but I definitely want to make sure I try to keep them under an hour, but I'm definitely trying to hit that 30, 40-minute mark. So hopefully that sounds good to you as far as the podcast goes, and I will now go into a little bit of background about how I got started online. And I had to go back and look at uh, some of my prior emails and uh, just see exactly when I got started because I knew the details, but I just didn't know exactly when all that happened. But if we go in the way back machine and go back to junior high, high school, I always had an interest in computers. So at a young age, I was always interested and uh, always interested in the gaming aspect and the technical aspect. And looking back on those days, it was interesting how we used to get online. We used to utilize modems and phone lines and things called bulletin board systems, which were local communities that you could connect into. You had to dial directly into a local number, or you could dial long distance and uh, hit bulletin board systems in other cities. But for the most part, uh, I was doing local uh, bulletin board systems, connecting into them for the uh, forum. They're kind of like forums at the time, and you could download programs and games. But the funny thing is that my first modem to connect online in quotes was a 300 baud modem. And uh, if you've never utilized a modem before, 300 baud is literally like when you're typing on your screen, let's say you're typing an email, you would see that text come forth on your screen as if uh, somebody that never knew how to type was typing. So you'd see one character at a time as if somebody was typing you know, one finger at a time. So that's about how fast it was going. And literally it could take eight to 10 hours just to download one small program. And the thing that I remember most vividly is when you're in the middle of a download, you got something going on. Even if you told your family, hey, I'm going to be using the phone line today. I need to download this program. Inevitably, somebody would pick up the phone to make a phone call because that's how we used to do it. And boom, they would hear that loud screeching sound over the phone line. And in most cases, your download was over. So even if you were 8 to 10 hours in and had maybe uh, 30 minutes left, you were done. So you had to start over the next day and uh, piss off your entire family because they were unable to use the phone, unable to receive calls. So those were certainly some fun days of the early internet. 
When I went to college initially, I would gotten a degree in accounting and I thought uh, most of my friends were in business. So I thought I'd just follow along in that path. Seemed like a logical thing to do. But uh, right when I graduated college initially, I was interviewing for accounting firms and it was really not for me, despite the fact that I did okay in business school and, uh, you know, just went through the motions and uh, learned in the way that you cram and then spit it all out on the test and did relatively well. I, w- I wasn't passionate about accounting and I decided to stick around for another year or so. I had always worked at the computer center on campus too, so I stayed around and got a degree in IT. And really don't know why I never did that from the start, but better late than never. Unfortunately, I had a lot of student loans in addition for that extra time, but uh, it was a good move for me because uh, that's what I do now. I do work in IT, and I'm a Unix systems administrator. And for anybody that doesn't know what that is, which is probably most people, is that I work on systems that have a Unix-based operating system. So if you utilize Mac computers, right underneath all of your icons and graphics is a Unix-based operating system. So that's the type of thing I work on. And uh, you've probably also heard of Linux of some form, like Red Hat Linux, Ubuntu Linux. That's the type of stuff I work on as well. So just basically an alternative to running Windows. And I do enjoy my job. I like the people I work with. And I've been at my current role for almost seven years now. And uh, I do like what I do, but uh, ideally long term it would be great if I could supplement that income or at some point in the future replace that income with passive income and uh, have a lifestyle business where I could live from anywhere and work from anywhere, that would be an awesome thing. And if most of that was passive income, even better. So that would be great long term, Um, not disgruntled in my current job and uh, don't have any ill will towards any of my uh, coworkers or employers. So it's just a matter of uh, I like the idea of this online business thing and I want to see where I can take it. So that's where I am at right now. And uh, how I got started online, actually, I looked back at some old emails and I knew that I had purchased a domain name and sold it and uh, didn't remember exactly when. And it turns out that was in 2000 that I registered the website TotalWorkout.com. And my intention was that I was going to make a do a quick flip and try to make some money on it just by selling it to a company that might sell exercise products or something similar. And uh, my thought at the time was I just put it out there and uh, put it for sale and see what happens. So I think I listed it on a site at the time called Great Domains. I'm not sure if they're still out there, but uh, I listed it for sale. I think it was listed for $10,000 and uh, just put a basic landing page on there and said, hey, buy my site. And uh, what happened was I ended up just leaving it out there, putting a contact email on the site saying, hey, the fitness craze is in full effect. Get your great domain name now. Here's my email contact and check it out at Great Domains. And I let that site sit there for pretty much, um, I think it was almost a full year. And then towards the end of that year, I ended up getting two or three emails from people looking for information on the product called Total Gym. And if you're familiar with those late-night infomercials that Christy Brinkley and Chuck Norris promote the exercise product, that is the uh, site that they were referring to and the piece of gym equipment they sell. 
And uh, that was kind of what I was thinking initially, that a company like that might be interested in a site like that. So I reached out to the folks at Total Gym and said, hey, I got a couple of emails from folks that thought I was affiliated with your site and they want information about your particular product. So they, um, I thought was, hey, would you guys be interested in buying that site? And I'm looking to sell the site for $10,000. So the email went to one of their support reps who forwarded up to the marketing director who forwarded up to somebody higher up in the chain. And uh, they wanted to see if I was interested in having a conference call to discuss it further. So I was like, oh, wow, okay, this just got real, really fast. So I agreed, but uh, I was scared to death at the same time since I was going to be pitching a site, which I don't have a background in sales or uh, any experience in uh, sales whatsoever. And I was going to be in front of their marketing director and a couple of higher up folks at their company. So I did go ahead and uh, get outside my comfort zone and uh, go forward and uh during that call, I basically just told them exactly what I had already said, which was a couple of folks reached out. They wanted to know more about your product, and uh, would you be interested in buying the site for ten grand? And they said, "Well, that sounds great, but uh, that's a little high. But would you be interested in accepting two thousand? So it was way more than I ever expected. So I gave them a dramatic pause, like I was uh, really had to consider that for a bit, and I said, "Sure, sounds good. Let's make a deal." So. Ended up selling them the site and giving them the email address I had associated with it. And uh, that was a done deal. So that was something completely unexpected. I thought if I flipped the site, maybe I could get a few hundred dollars. But it didn't hurt to reach for the sky. And I got way more than I expected. So that was just more dumb luck than anything else. I think it was good timing. I think if that were to happen today, they probably would go after me for trademark infringement and take the site. So again, it's just uh, dumb luck and uh, good timing in that particular case. So in hindsight, I'm not quite sure why I didn't try to do more of that since it uh, worked out so well. But uh, at that time, that was pretty much it. I took that particular sale and moved on and uh, didn't do anything around that same time frame for a while. So that was in 2001, and it wasn't until 2003 that I picked things back up, and uh, that was a result of a move that we made. We moved from western New York to escape the snow and cold and ice down to sunny Florida in Jacksonville, and we live in Jacksonville Beach now. But uh, we had planned a lot for that, and... uh, There was a lot of change, a lot of excitement to try something new. We were both going to take on new jobs. And, uh, you know, there's just a lot of change and a lot of excitement and anticipation. So at around that same time, shortly after we moved, we took a quick vacation. And I'd been looking for a book to read for the trip. And I found the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book by Robert Kiyosaki. And if you've read the book, you know what I'm talking about when you say it, when I say it was pretty groundbreaking at the time. And it was talking all about escaping the nine to five and uh, finding your path to riches through investing, through starting your own business and uh, doing things other than just uh, the regular nine to five type thing. And uh, that was really had an effect on me. And I was motivated after reading the book to register a couple more domain names. So I registered thepathtoriches.com 
which was related to the book title, and I also registered tropicalfusion.com, which just sounded like since we had just moved to a tropical place, I was going to do something with the website, but I wasn't sure what. So I registered both of those domains or names around the same time. And my thought was, I'm going to start an online business based on my motivation from reading the book. And my first effort was going to be affiliate marketing, promoting products that uh, Rich Dad folks sell on their website. They had an affiliate program, and I signed up for that. And I was going to link to their books and their games and all their different products on my site. And people would click through, buy them, and I would get affiliate commissions. So I put up the website, put a couple of images to their books and products, and sat back, relaxed, and waited for those checks to flow in. And uh, as you can probably guess, that never happened. I didn't know anything about keyword research or backlinking or how to get traffic, so I never ended up getting any sales. I may have gotten a couple of click-throughs, but I had no information on the site telling them who I am, what I was, what I was trying to accomplish. Just hey, here's a page with a bunch of books on it. So that never ended up working out and uh, ended up kind of sitting on that for a while and never really ended up getting back to it because I thought, hey, this is a lot harder than I thought. Maybe this isn't for me. And I kind of just sat on those two domains and I think I put up a for sale page on each of them, but uh, never really expected much to come from them. And then fast forward a bunch of years to 2009 and I ended up getting an email on that Tropical Fusion site from somebody in the UK that had tropicalfusion.co.uk and they wanted to buy the .com for their business. And I said, sure, would you pay $5,000 for that? And they said, no, we were thinking more along the lines of 500 And through a little back and forth, I got them to come up to 600 but that was pretty much it. And I accepted that and uh, sold that website too. So I did have some luck selling those two websites, but... That is it. That was the extent of my adventures as far as flipping websites. And I think that was more, again, dumb luck because it was good timing. That was, you know, a good time to be buying and selling domains. And even though 2009 things were definitely picking up and there were more sites selling websites and whatnot, you know, as you know now, probably it's uh, saturated. So you can sell blatantly, just sell domains, buy domains and sell them. And if you have a short domain or domains centered around particular products and whatnot, you can still get lucky and make a lot of money selling domains. But for the most part, it's expired domains and domains with traffic and followings that are getting the most money these days. But at any rate, that was how I got started in my first adventures uh, online. But more specifically, if you fast forward to 2010, that's really where I got started with my current online adventures. And anything that I've been working on recently all stems from towards the end of 2010 when I found Pat Flynn's website, smartpassiveincome.com. And that's when I decided to create my own free blogger blog. And I decided to go that route as opposed to WordPress because it was free. And I didn't know if it was something I would stick with. So I knew my long-term plan was not to stick with the blogger blog. I would expand into having my own hosting and my own WordPress site. But uh, initially, I thought, this is free. Let's see if it's something I'm going to be interested in long-term and see if it's something I'll stick with. So I created that free blogger blog. I pointed my domain to it, or I pointed that blog to my domain, and uh, that's how I got started. I was interested at the time in posting about cell phones. I just got my first smartphone and I uh, was interested in all things cell phone related. I was also interested in personal finance. I was interested in the technical aspects 
aspects of blogging and also in travel. So those are the primary topics I was planning to focus on, and I would kind of give it a year, see if it was something I stuck with, and uh, see what sort of topics I was really passionate in and which ones I stuck with. So that first year was a great experience. I did also sign up for a site called Info Barrel that Pat recommended getting started on writing online. But more so, my focus was definitely on that personal blog. I also posted about just, you know, family things and pictures of my nieces and nephews and uh, different uh, trips with the family. So it was really all over the board, but my goal wasn't uh, to make millions on that particular site. It was more as an experiment to see where I took that. So in that first year, I definitely did enjoy it. I definitely kept up with it, and I definitely did post on a regular basis. So that first year was kind of a testing ground. I did experiment a bit with AdSense by putting an ad in the upper right-hand corner, and I also promoted some products on Amazon as an Amazon affiliate. And uh, my first couple of clicks of income came through AdSense, but as you'll find out, or as you might already know, they have a high payout threshold. So in order to get paid by Google, you have to get at least $100 in your AdSense account. So unless you're targeting sites that have high traffic and uh, maybe sites like viral marketing type sites where you're getting a lot of traffic on a daily basis, that would definitely lend itself to something like AdSense. But for me, since I was only posting it in the upper right-hand corner of my site, just as an afterthought to see how it works, the uh, pennies definitely initially were pennies, and they eventually went to dollars. And maybe at the most, $5 per month was what I was looking at. But um, it was definitely something that uh, I, I could see the value from, and I could see if I spent some focus and effort on it. I could see where it could pay off, but again, that wasn't a primary focus, and it still isn't. But more so, I focused a bit on Amazon and promoting products that I had knowledge with. And we've always had two to four cats somewhere in that range over the last 10 years or so. And uh, being that we have a familiarity with pets and cats, I was promoting items like a pet water fountain. The Drinkwell 360 is one that has flowing water and filters your water. So if you have pets, dogs, or cats, you know that they like flowing water from a sink, from a faucet, from a tub, from the garden hose, whatever the case may be. And that's one product that uh, has gotten a lot of hits and some sales through Amazon, along with some pet toys. I've promoted things like... Um, What's that blender? The Magic Bullet Blender for smoothies. I promoted some wireless headphones, wireless webcams. So things that I've used and had success with. Um, I did some videos, did some detailed reviews. So things like that you can have some success with. And uh, that's how I actually got my first payout in affiliate marketing because they have much lower barriers to entry. And as long as you sign up and... Uh, set your payment method by default it's going to be in the form of Amazon gift cards you will get paid the month following any sales and uh, they'll send you an email you can redeem that gift card and uh, make purchases through Amazon so that works out for them works out for you you can suggest or request that you get payouts in check form or other payment but you will pay a fee for that so I just find it's since I purchased so much through Amazon anyway I just use the default method which is to get those gift cards and it works out really well so that's something I still utilize today, and uh, I recommend as far as WordPress goes using the Easy Azon plugin, and that's something I've had some success promoting on the uh, Niche Site Tools site as well. But uh, 
going back to the, the personal blog, it was something I liked, was something I enjoyed doing. And uh, towards the end of 2011, so I had been doing that for a year, I decided to create my own niche site. And at the time, it was Niche Site Tool with uh, without the S. But uh, it has since evolved into Niche Site Tools, as you know it today. And my thought was at the time that I would do a couple of guides and uh, video tutorials on how to promote or how to utilize Market Samurai, since that was what I'd used for keyword research. I know Pat Flynn had some success promoting that. I thought I would do some guides on that and uh, start out the site that way. And about three months later, I had my first affiliate sale of Market Samurai, and that was a much better program than uh, AdSense or ClickBank, because uh, ClickBank was something I was looking into at the time as well. But the downside of sites like ClickBank and uh, maybe other online marketplaces that have affiliate products are they also have payment thresholds. And ClickBank had a weird thing where they required you to have two sales in different payment methods. So, for instance, if I was promoting, let's say, uh, a product that I do promote is the opt-in skin plugin, which is my opt-in email box below my posts for getting email subscribers. That's a product I purchased and I was promoting and is available on ClickBank. I did make one sale of that product, but in order to get payouts there at the time, it was $100 as well. And that product commission was only about $30. And ClickBank requires or required at the time I'm not sure if they changed their policy, that you had to get payment in two different forms. So if I got 10 sales of opt-in skin plug-in through PayPal, that would not qualify you for payout. You had to have at least one payment method in the Visa, MasterCard, or other method. So I'm not 100% sure if that's still the case. But one good thing is they did drop their payout threshold to $20. So if you change the default from $100 to $20, you can get paid quicker. And uh, definitely make sure you read the fine print and see what their full rules are. But uh, affiliate marketplaces like that and potentially uh, commission junction and things like that, they do have different uh, requirements in order to get paid. So that is definitely some of the downsides, some of the uh, things I did not know up front. So I assumed as soon as you start to make money and get sales, you'll automatically get paid you know, a short time after. But uh, unfortunately, that's not always the case. So that's some of the downside that I ran into and some of the frustration. And actually, um, referring back to that ClickBank sale of that opt-in skin plugin, because of the restrictions at the time, I actually watched that commission go from, I think it was $34 in total, down to zero because I did not have any additional sales and they had a dormant account fee. And because I did not have any additional sales, did not hit their payout thresholds, that entire commission went down to zero. So that was really frustrating, especially since that was one of my first sales, um, definitely through ClickBank. And uh, that was really disheartening at the time. So it it was one of those things, make or break moments. You know, I could have said, well, this whole deck is stacked against us as beginners. This isn't working out for me. And that thought did cross my mind. But luckily, I stuck with it, kept at it, and said, hey, this is just a learning you know, method is something I can share with you guys on the site, and I definitely did do that. I mentioned the pitfalls of ClickBank and other online marketplaces, so I can share that experience with you guys. So hopefully, you know that up front and you don't get discouraged, and uh, that definitely will help keep you going. So that that was you know one of those learning experiences that uh, definitely. I thought this is going to be great to share with you guys, and uh, it, it was one of those tough moments, but it 
like anything, you need to stick with it. And if I can give you any tip at all as far as affiliate marketing and online adventures goes, it would be to stick with it. You will experience, um, you know, roadblocks and gotchas along the way. But as a community, hopefully we can share those experiences and we can learn from them. So getting back to where I was in the uh, journey, at that point I had started to promote uh, Market Samurai on my site and uh, to detail my online adventures. And then in March of 2013, I found the Forever Affiliate Program through Mark Mason. And the program uh, was actually created by Andrew Hansen. And he was a longtime affiliate marketer that's been doing this for a number of years. And he laid out in step-by-step video guide in a step-by-step video training program how to create affiliate sites from scratch. And it's still a great program. I went through it fully, and that's how I got started creating a couple of my own niche sites. And uh, if you want more information, you could go to nichesitetools.com forward slash forever. But uh, the bottom line was, uh, as a result of that class, my goal was to create some online niche sites related to specific products. So the first one that I was going to promote was a Spanish language learning program called Rocket Spanish. And I created a site for that. It was called LearnSpanishSimply.org, I think. And I recently let that expire because it just did not work out. But basically, I followed all the steps, created the backlinks. Um, I outsourced the content for that site. That was something I wanted to experiment with. And the content was great. It was not duplicate content. It was from an English-speaking writer. But for whatever reason, that site never did end up getting the traffic that I had hoped. And that's something that the mentions clearly in the materials that if you're going to get into promoting specific product-related affiliate sites, you could have 10 sites and four or five of them may get a good amount of traffic, but only three of them may actually result in sales and be successful in your eyes as far as covering costs and having enough money coming in down the road to um, be considered a success. So that's definitely something to keep in mind. You don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. So that's something I found initially. I wasn't concerned about that. I was a little disappointed, but I had had been working on another affiliate product site, uh, Self-Help Product, and uh, that site started to take off, started to get rankings, and started to get traffic. So at the same time, that other Spanish site wasn't working out, so I decided to just abandon that site, let it expire, and move on to the site that was working. So about six months after I created that self-help site, I started to get sales, so that was a great thing. They worked through ClickBank, so this was another product I was promoting. I got through the uh, threshold and got past the uh, limitations on having products that you sold that were from different payment methods. So I had started to get payouts on ClickBank, so life started to get good at that point. The niche site was working and everything was uh, following along just exactly as I'd planned. I continued to build backlinks to that site. And uh, then at some point, which was around the beginning of this year, 2014, I started to just stop backlinking and uh, just let that thing run on autopilot. I was thinking that the sales are coming in. I can now just back off and uh, start to focus on my niche site tool site and look into potentially other options, either expanding out that site or working on additional sites. And what happened around the April time frame of this year is I started to lose rankings and traffic. And the way I knew that was was my sales started to stop. So I'd had seven or eight sales on that site, ranging from somewhere between $30 and $45 per sale. And uh, that was all working well until the sales stopped.
top. So I checked my Google Analytics results, and I noticed that my rankings and, more importantly, my traffic started to drop, which was a reason why the sales started to drop. So I did some digging and found that I lost a lot of backlinks around that time frame, and there was also a Google Panda update 4.0 around that same time. And uh, doing the research, I found that a lot of folks think that has to do with duplicate content in that particular case. And um, that was what I looked into. And what I can tell is I think what happened is the reason I lost a lot of backlinks is it's part of the natural process. If you're doing a primarily leaving comments on other people's blogs to get backlinks, which is one of the more white hat methods of doing so, what happens is you're, those posts you're commenting on, if they're current posts that have a lot of activity and traffic, what happens is they're prominently featured on those people's blogs and other people have that post in their blog role. So you're getting a lot of initial backlinks from that one comment. And what happens just naturally over time is as those posts start to get archived and fall to the lower pages on those sites, those backlinks just naturally fall off. And what I was no longer doing was adding additional comments. So all those ones that had expired or just fallen off, they were not being replaced with new comments. So that was definitely a big hit that I took in that aspect. And at that same time, I didn't realize that I had duplicate content. I had forgotten that I created two posts and grabbed them specifically right from the vendor website. They were providing resources for affiliates so that they could um, just get started and publish some content. But that's a really bad thing to do, just grab content word for word. If you want to try to paraphrase that in your own words, that's fine. But do not grab content word for word. So that was something I had to clean up. I've since removed all that content. And uh, I started to build up a little bit of backlinks, but I said, you know, it took me a long time to get those initial backlinks, so I'm going to try something different. And if you've been following along with my recent podcast episodes, I decided to experiment a little bit with Google AdWords, and that's something I had no experience with initially. But I found out that through coupon codes, you can pay $25, get a $100 credit from Google, and for $25, you can basically have a $125 ad campaign. And I thought that's a good way since I knew my site was converting when I had the traffic. I might as well try to uh, do what Google wants you to do, and that's pay for advertising. So I decided to give that a shot. The uh, campaign has been in effect for about a month and a half now. And I am getting a lot of impressions, so that means my ad is approved. My ad is getting shown. I have 88 click-throughs so far, but unfortunately no sales thus far. And I'm about halfway through that ad campaign. Last I checked, I think I was at about $65 total spend. And again, only $25 was out of pocket for me. So I think that's a worthwhile experiment to try to get those uh, eyeballs back on my site and see if they'll convert over to sales, as in so far, not yet, but... Uh, that's something I'm going to continue to work on and uh, continue to tweak. And uh, once that ad campaign is over, I'll decide where I want to go as far as that site goes. But those are some of the gotchas to be aware of. You know, I ran into losing traffic, losing uh, sales, and uh, some of the pitfalls as far as online marketplaces like ClickBank, Commission Junction. So those are some of the things to consider and some of the things that can potentially derail your success. But if you know about them up front and know they're probably going to happen at some point, 
you can be prepared for that and just ready to roll on through them and uh, just as you go along. So, so that kind of brings us to now in my online journey. So that's kind of where we're at right now. And I have gotten a lot of great feedback. As I said recently, one suggestion from an email subscriber was to add a weekly uh, plug-in of the week or tool of the week segment. And I thought that was an awesome idea. I love talking about plugins and tools and different things that can help us out. So going forward from episode 19 on, I will definitely be doing that. And I definitely already have one plugin in mind that saved my butt over the last week or so. I will uh, just give you that teaser there and uh, let you know that it's a tool that everybody should be using if you're utilizing WordPress sites. But uh, that's something to look forward to going forward. And in addition to that, I also had a suggestion on talking about themes. A couple of you guys had been interested in what is a really good theme to utilize these days? How can you migrate from one theme to another? And that's actually a question that I have. And I actually posed that question to Mark Mason on his late night internet marketing podcast. And he reached out to me via email and said, hey, that's a great question. And I will answer that in an upcoming episode, either the next one or the one after that. So I'm looking forward to that response from him and looking forward to sharing the uh, information he provides. And then I'm going to also move forward and upgrade my theme. I have the uh, thesis 185 theme, which is sadly out of date, hasn't been updated in quite a while. It's uh, what I know. It's how I got started. It's basically, uh, you know, it's 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 what got me here today. So it's a little sad that I'm going to have to let the theme go, but I think it's time. It uh, is not very responsive when it comes to mobile, and I've had to install a plugin and do some tweaks to at least get it looking semi-decent on a uh, mobile platform. So uh, I've been aware of a theme that uh, a lot of my friends use online, and some additional folks are working on converting over, and I'm going to tease that as well. So you have that to look forward to as well. But I know the theme that I'm planning to purchase. Unless something changes, I'm really excited and looking forward to migrating to a new theme as well. So the uh, plugin of the week, uh, discussions about a new theme. Those are some of the upcoming things that will be coming in episode 19 and forward. So uh, really excited to have you here. Greatly appreciate it. If you have not yet had a chance to subscribe via email, you can do so at nichesitetools.com forward slash subscribe, and you'll instantly get my keyword brainstorming guide. And I'd like to ask one small favor. If you guys do like the podcast, I would appreciate it if you could go out there and leave a review in either iTunes or Stitcher. And uh, that would be awesome. You can go to nichesitetools.com forward slash iTunes or nichesitetools.com forward slash Stitcher. And uh, if you're not sure how to leave a review, I have a post. You can do a quick search for how to leave a review for the podcast, and you'll find that there on my site. And uh, I would greatly appreciate any positive reviews you can leave. The more reviews that we have, positive in nature, we will get a better exposure, better audience, uh, and uh, it'll build a better community for all of us, and it'll help us all achieve greater success. So thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it, and uh, looking forward to better things to come. Thanks again. Bye-bye.